You're listening to You're listening to the to a Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock and this is the Beer O'Clock Show where every week we drink a bottle of beer and then wonder where and when we can get some more. My name is Mark and joining me is Essex Essex's Essex's finest export, <laughs> my beer buddy Steve. Hello Steve. Hi Mark, how are you doing? I'm alright mate, how are you? Yeah, good thanks, just about getting your words out there tonight. <laughs> Have you started before the rest of us this evening? No, well, Essex is, is, is it tough to say? I'm not sure if I'm not sure if there's a plural for Essex's, Essex's, Essex's. <laughs> let's ask one of our guests, he should be able to give us a bit of guidance on that. Yeah, also joining us are two chaps who, le- who need little to no introduction depending on whether you've heard of them or not. First up from the Chris Hall beer blog, it's Chris Hall. Hello. Hey, How are you doing, mate? Doing really well. I'm really excited to try this beer. It's been a while since I've had tonight's beer, so I'm looking forward to having it. Cool. Also joining us from the Get Beer, Drink Beer blog, it's the straightforward and to the point, Justin Mason. Hello, Justin. <laughs> Hi. Good evening. It's SXC. Of course, obviously. SXC, yeah. That's got to be the plural for it, hasn't it? Obviously, isn't it? This week, we're combining forces to drink an award-winning beer from Colonel. It's the Colonel Export Stout 1890 London, or the London 1890, depending on whether it's a label or a website you're looking at. So we'll be getting to that in just a little while. We've got a uh, bit of a beery week to review, Stevie. We have got quite the beery week to review, haven't yeah. we? So yes. last week we had an outing. It was a... Special little day that Steve and a lot of beer nerds all over the country have been waiting for for quite a while. The 2015 release of Magic Rock's Unhuman Cannonball. Uh, Chris, you were there as well? I was indeed, yeah. Justin, I don't know if you've had a chance to try it yet. I haven't had this year's yet, but hopefully very soon. So, uh, Chris and Steve, what did you think of this year's UHC? Very different to last year's. Uh, It reminded me more of the the first initial release of it. Uh, Everybody was talking how it was certainly less transparent than last year's edition. (laughs) Just just a little. Uh, Yeah, Huddersfield murky, I think, was was, was, was around. My understanding was that this this year's one was definitely unfined, whereas last year's might have have used findings to clear it up a little bit. Um, but it tasted, it was like a tropical fruit punch. Mm. It reminds me of like really strong Mai Tais I used to make at university <laughs> that were like kind of bordering on brown. That was how much rum was in there. Right. But yeah, it was a, a super fruity pineapple kind of like punch kind of flavor to it. It seems to be a little bit different every year, but um, I did think that the bottled version last year was better. So I'll. I'll I think managed to get a hold of a bottle on the night because there was a scrum for the bar when they became available. But I would like to try a bottle of this year's. Steve, what did you think of it, buddy? There's not really too much to add to what to what Chris has said there. Yeah, it was certainly. It looked like a very different beer. It smelled like a very different beer, and it drank like a very different beer to to what it was last year. But I think that's part of the attraction that this beer is going to change every year, dependent on what the brewer decides he's going to do with it. Um, I've I've got a, a bottle that I'm going to give a try uh, at the weekend, and I'm I'm going to compare that to to what we tried at, at the launch. 
Um, I, I think for me though, just just taking it a step further, if, just taking it away from the beer for for a second. Thursday night's launch was one of the most amazing atmospheres I've ever felt in a, in a bar. It yeah. it was just like um, everybody was really bubbly and really excited and really enthusiastic to be there, and there was a real party atmosphere going on there. It was. Um, I, I just I just think you know that sort of you know regardless of the beer that that brings all of the people to one place that that sort of event really brings the beer community together yeah i agree yeah it's uh, it's interesting to see like <laughs> like every year as much as there are people getting excited and hyped up about the release of Unhuman Cannibal, there are like just as many if not more people complaining about the hype going up to it <laughs> yes <laughs> it's yeah like, like, there's a, it's like actually the the most the hype is actually a very small like minority of the people talking about it. The vast majority of people talking about it are complaining about these t- this handful of people that are really excited. But then, like Steve says, you know, on the night when you can hold events up and down the country and get a load of people together, and it's like a real social occasion. You spend all night, you know, talking to people, not pouring over like you know beer lists or like staring at your phone all night. You end up like you know just talking to everybody. And everybody talks to everybody else, and you end up meeting new people, people that you met, perhaps know online, but not in real life. It's a, it's a good, it's a good social occasion. Anything else to report beer-wise, guys? Um, I, I haven't, but I, I know you have. You, you tried a, <laughs> a series of beers over the weekend, didn't you? I did. I can't word that good. Chris can word much better than me, and he, <laughs> he put out a post this morning about this series. It's the IPA is dead series from Buck. Um, what was I going to say? My brew dog. I, honestly, I haven't started yet. Um, and yeah, great beers. Now, I, I will admit that the uh, the Ella ended up over my keyboard last night, most of it. But I did get a sip of it. That was quite nice. My favourite was the Mandarina um, Bavaria out of it. I thought that had a nice traditional taste to it, but also some little sweetness going through it. Yeah, it's nice. an interesting, interesting selection of hop varieties this year. I've, I don't, I don't always get a, a, a four pack to try because uh, sometimes I'll, I'll go and try them in the bar. I might just try a, a third. You know, it's quite the done thing to go into the Brewdog bar on the day of release and order a flight and taste each third and see which ones you like and which ones you don't. But this is the first time I've really done them all from bottles, and I just sort of, you know, calmly work my way through them. And I really liked, I think I liked all of the hops. Uh, or each variety this year for their own reasons and then I got a bit carried away towards the end and decided to blend all four of them <laughs> um, but that surprisingly did kind of work there have been in the past iterations of IPA is dead like sometimes the hops are so like so massively different to each other there'll be one that'll be like almost kind of like vegetably kind of like sticky and kind of like odd kind of flavor to it and then the other ones will be like the kind of super american hybrid hot bomb kind of super soldier variety of hops that you would never want to mix them but i think there were there were qualities in each of this year's four that i quite wanted to taste together and when i did blend them it did kind of work but um but as i said in my blog post i'd, I'd quite like it if Brewdog did a fifth beer uh where each of the hops were used to their full potential at the the best points in the process to get the best out of them that'd be quite a fun fun sort of uh educational uh, <laughs> bottle of beer to to drink yeah so the other two hops there was chinook and pioneer wasn't yeah. there yeah the chinook you could tell that was chinook straight off yeah that kind of that really was, stood up it's a brew dog classic hop they use it in a lot of their stronger ipas anyways you could tell it straight away as you say 
yeah. Pioneer is more of a kind of modern British hop, so it had a lot of the sort of nettily kind of sort of lighter citrus and woody kind of stuff going on. But it was quite it was quite assertive. It did quite well in a beer that strong. So yeah, they all had something quite interesting going on, I think. Yeah, so uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, I think, to Chris's blog on that. Thank um, you. But let us know your thoughts, and Steve, we look forward to your thoughts next week, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll get round to to doing them eventually. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if it. I've I've never heard Justin be quiet for so long, so uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to know what what Justin's been drinking this this week as well. I feel like I haven't been anywhere or done anything, but it's not actually the case this week. Um, I went down to went over to the Italian job. Really, really good bar um, over in Chiswick. Fantastic time. It was a fantastic day Wednesday anyway. Uh, and the staff there couldn't have been more helpful taking us through the beers and the food was amazing. Um, and I had a slow wander across London via um, some riverside pubs in Chiswick via um, craft beer in Covent Garden because I wanted to have the siren um, life life is a peach or whatever it's called that one I want to have one of those because I knew they had that on and finished up in Mother Kelly's in the sunshine which was a lovely lovely way to spend a very nice Wednesday so yeah I have been having some drinks but I missed out on the um, I haven't had any Brewdog this week and nor have I had any UHC yet but that will come no doubt right shall we get into the news Stevie yes let's here's your pips beep 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 Right, loads of news this week, so I'm going to try and rattle through it as quickly as possible. Um, some siren news about some upcoming beers they've got coming out. They've got a collaboration coming with Magic Rock, which is a bourbon pecan pie beer. Uh, rich brown ale aged in bourbon barrels for around six months before being flavoured with pecan vanilla and maple syrup. Also in that release from Siren was news of um, mate. You remember beer that we did, the beer that we did for Show 100 that that you almost didn't have. Yes. Yes, well, apparently they tuck some of it away in barrels as well. So there is a barrel-aged daydream on its way. Um, this has been in bourbon barrels again with vanilla, um, and this should come out around May for, for that one. So keep your eye out for that. Beer Geek barrel-aged daydream is going to be amazing um, if it's anywhere near as good as the normal version. Um, some supermarket news. Morrison's are now stocking hard knot beers from Cumbria. I think we featured one of them in the past they'll be stocking code black infrared and azimuth i think that's how you say it um that's how it's that's how it's spelt so um, they're now available in morrison's uh, across the country um thornbridge and waitrose have announced the great british homebrew challenge 2015 um Entries are now open until the 31st of July. More information from gbhomebrew.co.uk. Um, and then I've got a, a double uh, a double brew dog whammy because we haven't had any brew dog news for a few weeks. Um, they've opened a new bar in Leicester. Um, it's the 19th bar to be open. And linked to that is the second brew dog news story, which it will also be the first of their bars to offer breakfasts at the weekend with the menu including 5am red cured bacon with rye bread and eggy bread with maple, maple syrup. Uh, a capacity for 170 people and will serve 20 beers on tap. Um, and then the final news story this week um, was, and I'm going to bring um, Chris in on this one because I know you were at this, Chris, was the uh, the Beer Marketing Awards last week, yes. which was the, the inaugural 
um, awards evening for, for this this new series of awards. Um, I'll just run through a few of the winners, Chris, and then I'll just let you talk about what the evening was like. So, yeah, sure. Uh, the overall winner uh, was Fuller's London Pride, Made of London. Now, now what, by overall, what they did, they took all of the winners from all of the various separate awards and then decided which one was best. Um, so that won that. Uh, best branding or design went to Beavertown for their cans. Best use of social media, Brewdog with Mashtag, and then best use of competitions, Thornbridge and Waitrose, uh, the Homebrew Challenge. Um, all of those awards, plus more, are listed on beermarketingawards.co.uk. Um, Chris, what was the event like? Uh, it was quite a good, uh, it was quite a fun evening. Um, the people that I put together, Pete Brown, uh, Joe Miller, and James Cuthbertson, they've got quite a long experience in like working in like <clears throat> beer marketing and beer PR generally. Uh, James uh, is basically one of the people who started uh, Dark Star, and Joe now works for us. Well, basically for herself, but as a little company called Nurture Brands. But has previously worked at different beer companies. And Pete Brown is obviously the country's leading beer writer. And uh, they put together a, a kind of award ceremony, which they designed to kind of level the playing field. So as you said, from those, you know, the people that won the awards that night. If it had been a traditional drinks industry uh, marketing awards, it would have just been like the kind of like the big, you know, kind of regional brewers and the, the global brewers with like the biggest budgets and their biggest TV campaigns winning the winning all the prizes. But um, because they made a bit more of a level playing field, it allowed people like, you know, Beavertown to quite rightly, you know, take the best uh, branding and design awards. I mean, that's no surprise to anybody who's ever seen a can of Beavertown beer. It's just surprising it's taken them this long to get formal recognition for it. Um, but yeah, and, uh, while Fuller's got the overall prize for the Made of London uh, campaign, there were quite a few sort of surprising entries in there. Uh, yeah, Brewdog got um, for the social media award for Mashtag, but also in that category were Beerbods, um, who all, all you guys will know as being the uh, sort of the, the weekly beer subscription uh, social media kind of club, which uh, inspired a lot of the beer subscription clubs that are around now. Uh, so it was quite it was really good to see them get nominated they didn't win they were up against Mashtag um, but uh, it was great to see people like that recognised and hopefully um, in future years we'll see more of that kind of thing people getting recognised for doing the right thing and doing it with not a lot of money but just with a lot of heart I guess great stuff and, and that'll be back next year will it the the beer marketing awards yeah I believe so yeah they had it at uh, the old Truman's Brewery where they do craft beer rising um, this year and I imagine it'll probably be a similar kind of space next time but yeah it'll be interesting to see who, uh, who does well next year as well okay fantastic and um, I actually think we've got some breaking news coming in now okay so I'm here at Brewdog in Shepherd's Bush and I'm with James Watt from Brewdog James welcome to Beer O'Clock Show again yeah, awesome to be on again and uh, excited to tell you guys a little bit more about what we've got planned for the next few months. Okay, James, so what's going on tonight? Um, tonight is the exclusive pre-launch event for Equity Punks 4. So we're quite unusual as a business. We are funded by the people who enjoy our beer. We've had three rounds of successful, successful crowdfunding up until now and tomorrow, Wednesday, we're officially launching Equity for Punks 4, which gives people the chance to invest in our business. Okay, so as you say, it's the fourth, fourth time you've done this, so it's nothing new to you guys. Um, what are you looking to raise this time for the company? Well, the last time we did it, um, we raised 4.25 million, which was the most successful crowdfunding that had ever been done in Europe. Um, this time, 
and um, we're trying to take it to epic new heights and we're looking to raise 25 million pounds wow that's that's a lot of, lot of money what what will that allow you to do at brewdog well at Brewdog, there's two things that are important for us, and that's beer and people. So I'll let us invest more in our beer and more in our people. So we're expanding our um, Ellen Eco Dury, so more equipment. Uh, we're just commissioning a new canning line. We're adding new tanks. We're adding a new brew house. So it'll allow us to do that. It's going to allow us to continue experimentation. We're looking to build a sour beer facility. Um, up in the northeast of Scotland, we're looking to open a hotel up there. We're looking to expand into the US with our own US production site. And then we want to invest more in our people. So we're a living wage employer, but we want to do more with staff training, personal development, and be the best company to work for we can be. And we think if we get the beer right and the people right, then everything else is going to take care of itself. Wow, that's, that's a lot that you're planning to do. Is, is that what, What's the timescales on that? So how, how quickly do you think you'll raise this investment? Um, it's so hard to tell because what we're doing, no one's ever attempted anything quite this audacious before and we're looking to raise up to 25 million but for us, if we could do what we did last time or a little bit more, um, that'll be amazing and that's going to help us get going but we just thought we'd have an ambitious target in there and, and see what we could do. So um, it's open for 12 months and for us, equity for punks is about so much more than raising finance, it's about building a community around about our business, it's about shortening the distance between ourselves and the people who enjoy our beers and our equity punks, they're our friends, they're our ambassadors and they're the heart and soul of our business and we want to expand that community. Okay, and this new round of um, investment gives, um, gives a little bit of something back to the original investors as well, don't you? You've rewarded them for their early investment, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. So we first did Equity for Punks back in 2009 when we were absolutely tiny in a shed in an industrial estate in the northeast of Scotland. And uh, with this round of Equity Punks, we've actually given our old Equity Punks some amazing new benefits. So all the Equity Punks 1 and 2s now get a 10% lifetime discount in our bars and there's loads of other cool stuff going on. And new investors can get that as well, but they've just got to invest over a certain amount to get that. There's so many great benefits about investing in our company. You get an invite to our amazing AGM. We've usually got four or 5,000 people going. You get a free birthday beer for life. You get lifetime discounts in our bar and our online shop. And as well, you get to own part of the fastest growing food and drinks company in the UK over the last four years. So it's a, it's a pretty sweet deal. Exciting times. Where do people go to invest? Um, all you have to do is go to our website, which is doodaw.com. There's all the information on there, so you can go, you can download the prospectus, you can find out more about our company, our plans, our financial performance, about the benefits. If you've got any questions, you can get in touch with us, and uh, you can do everything online. Okay, great stuff, James. Thanks for your time, and back to the studio. Oh, one second, one oh, second. Oh, maybe um, not. <laughs> um, you should tell people about the amazing new and exclusive beer that I've just let you taste. Okay, well, let's talk about that then, while we're here. Tell us about the beer that we're tasting right now. Um, so this is the first time anyone except your team has tasted this beer, and it's the first ever sour beer that we've made from Ellen. It's called Whiskey Sour, and it's a deconstruction of the famous whiskey sour cocktail in fermented form. Okay, so, so tell us what's gone into... You've deconstructed it. How, how did you start that process? Okay, so it's a 7% beer. We have uh, soured it with lactic, so the pH is way, way down there, so you get that mouth-puckering acidity, the sourness in the beer. We've used loads of caramel in there to recreate that caramelly toasted marshmallow bourbon character. 
Uh, we've also added some uh, orange juice, some lemon juice, some lime juice to get that citric edge in the beer. And then we've aged it on vanilla pods and oak chips that we've also soaked in bourbon. Okay, and it's, it's a stunning beer. It's really enjoyable. It's really refreshing. All of those flavours are coming through and it just leaves a really sweet finish on the tongue that, that makes you just want to just dip back into it again and again and again. Is, is this going to be available? How's this going to be available? Just in the bars or are we going to see some bottles of this? Um, we only have 20 20 litre kegs of this beer so it's a tiny batch we've just made it in our small system so it's going to be in tap in our bars for a very limited time only and that's it. But with equity pumps, we're looking to raise money to build a sour beer facility so we can do much more of this type of fermented chaos. Excellent. So it's another reason for people to invest, to allow exactly. you to create more of this fantastic beer. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thanks for your time, James. Appreciate it. And this time we will go back to the studio. Cheers. Cheers. Right. Well, let's get on with this week's beer, shall we? Yes. Please. So, as we said at the top of the show, it is from the Colonel, their export stout, London 1890, a 6.7% ABV stout. So, let's crack it open. How strong is yours? 6.7. Okay. How strong is yours? (gasps) 7.1. Yeah, so is mine. I've got a a 6.7. Mine's a recent bottling. Yours is a recent one. Yeah, mine was bottled on uh, 18th March. Mine was with the hand-stamped label. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think mine is four or five years old. Oh, wow. Oh, oh okay. Craft and curse. And everybody groans. <laughs> Every yeah. bloody time. Well, <laughs> mine's from mid-September last year, which I'm assuming is the same for Steve. Yeah, I think mine's the same as that as well, mate. Yeah, mine's, mine's only got a best before. Well, that's that's interesting. At least with um, three different variations of this, yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see whether there's any similarities being pulled out across them. I suppose. Yeah. Mine is pouring like gravy. It's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Really, really thick. Coffee, creamy coloured head on it. Yeah. yeah. The head is a thing of absolute beauty. A surprising amount of carbonation in this beer for in the one I've got, considering it's four or five years old. I guess it means it's still mostly alive after that yeah, period. Yeah, I would imagine so. I don't. Do you remember those? The early bottles of Colonel were very heavy, sed, heavily sedimented. Yeah, they were almost. They were. They were very, very murky. Yeast yeah. cake. So, yeah, you'd right struggle to see that in. In, in, in this, wouldn't you? Because it's almost as black as night, anyway. Yeah, there's where where I've had this stored. There's quite a degree of yeast settled on the bottom of the bottle. I would say probably a centimeter, a centimeter and a half. I feel really lucky. The last time I was on the show, it was a Colonel beer as well. I seem to luck out. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 we we save them for you, Chris. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> you can keep doing that if you want. I'm okay with that. I think it was this, the London Sour we did with you, wasn't it, Chris? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, the straight up London Sour, the yeah. two point eight. Lovely. Um, do, do I get to take the beer every way? Do I get to take the ball home tonight? It's my hat trick show. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, we normally make a bit of a thing of that, don't we? Sorry, sorry, Justin. It's only Justin. It's all right. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not offended that much. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you getting on the nose on this one? Mine has got still quite a lot of fresh 
kind of coffee roast kind of stuff coming from the the black and malts. Um, not so much in the kind of maybe like raisiny, pruney kind of smell you might get when it's a bit stronger and maybe a bit more. I've still got a remarkable amount of coffee on this. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, got good, good really amounts of coffee as well. Yeah, I'm getting There's coffee some... with a little hint of vanilla. In there. Yeah, I'll just say I've got some vanilla. Yep. Vanilla's in there. Just just oh. a hint of it at the end of the coffee. I would imagine, yeah. whereas this was bottled at 7.1, it may be a little bit stronger now, <laughs> judging by the volatiles it's coming probably off. about 17% by now. Just... <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. All right, well, melted the glass. Cheers, guys. Let's get this down. Cheers, guys. Blimey, it's like it's like eating. Um, <laughs> oh, it's such a fantastic beer. It doesn't really like you don't really drink it. It kind of like moves in. Kind of <laughs> moves in and inhabits you. Yeah. Yeah, it's still here. I've, I swallowed it, and it's most of it is still. I can still taste all of it. But Lovely it, and smoky. It, it, it came in in a, like a lump. It just moved into your mouth. It's a really good description. A lump of it came in. I've got lots of yeah. charcoal, charcoal and leather. Um, yeah. Little bits of tobacco in with a coffee. It's this is very very good. Yeah, but it doesn't. That makes it sound like eating an old sofa, but it's actually quite <laughs> <laughs> these are really good flavours. Yeah, uh, I, I was expecting really expecting a lot more fruitiness and mm. none. None at all, actually. I think I always see, I think with these older recipe kind of stouts, they tend to because they're a bit more dependent on like the kind of older style, like brown malts, as opposed to the like, the roasted or crystallized kind of stuff that we tend to use now. It's less kind of sugary sweetness and more just kind of it's just depth, just really inky black dark depth to it. You can imagine it sustaining you for like. A whole day if you didn't have anything to eat. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I was reading um, something that um, Desdemore had written um, a little while ago about this. He, apparently, it was based on an old Truman's recipe, uh, from what I can oh, gather. Okay. And um, Truman's, so, and I'm going to quote Ron, Ron Pattison, uh, for this um, for this particular beer, for the export stout, um, Truman's usually used around 20 to 25% um, sugar in their grist but for this particular beer they didn't use any sugar at all so oh. that sweetness is missing and it's it's just wholly a malt beer that's, so that's, that's a good shout actually because normally when you get this kind of feel and flavour from a stout you do get a little bit of sweetness at the end but, mm. but what you're getting here is just what starts off as a really smooth bitterness and and then all of a sudden you, that bitterness just seems to step it up a level out of nowhere and just leaves with this incredibly dry finish to it. Yeah, and there's a lovely smokiness coming through it as well. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's and it kind of changes each time you go back to it, you find more to it. As your mouth gets used to the initial like harshness of the coffee and leather and stuff, you can eventually discover new depths new extra little nuanced flavours to it it's oh man it's like right it goes right into your teeth <laughs> yes <laughs> the only beer you'll be picking out of your teeth Leo yeah oh, yeah it, it keeps hinting it, it hint, it's hinting at chocolate but not quite getting there the coffee keeps dragging it back to those those muddier flavours the leather and yeah, the it's yeah, the if any, 
if at all it's that full on like 85% cocoa kind of like um, the same kind of colour as that beer really yeah, yeah. Exactly. black yeah. chocolate yeah I was going to say that it's, it's like a really dark bitter chocolate mm. um, you, you know there's none of that to, like milk train here or anything like that is there it's it's dark chocolate that's in there oh, this means business this beer it's proper chocolate it's, gro- it's a very grown up drink you might say yeah and it's amazing how different it is from I think a lot of the stouts this strength that we drink nowadays all tend to be quite heavily influenced by you know American stuff like Speedway Stout and that sort of thing and they are incredibly sweet kind of indulgent decadent kind of beers that are like you know like each sip is like, like 500 calories of just like <laughs> just like treacle whereas this feels like it doesn't it doesn't care it's got no interest in being like sweet at all it's just heavy it's just heavy duty I find those American beers can be quite oily and unctuous whereas this isn't at all it's no. quite smooth it slides down very nicely mm-hmm. um, I'm not getting any trace of oiliness at all on there it's all it's dry and it's it's chocolate but it's not oily chocolate it's that yeah. it's that leather that it's well worn leather is a very good description of this the way it feels on your tongue i think it's mm. this is lovely really yeah. really good the carbonation is not not uh, unpleasantly high but it is crispy it's a it's the word that's coming to mind as i'm drinking it like you say it's quite fast and quite fast and smooth it's still heavy but it's the the combination makes it does make it easier to drink. It is quite a crisp, sharp beer. It almost gives it um, that carbonation. Almost gives it a refreshing edge. You, you know, mm. if you was to just chill this just a little bit, you, you've suddenly almost got a refreshing stout in front of you that you'd want to grab in in the middle of a hot summer's day. I am actually very partial to a cold bottle of stout. It's not necessarily the best way to enjoy it, but like a a really nice dry Irish stout. Um, I quite like uh, Fuller's Black Cab for that. It's like a, a cold bottle of it can be, as you say, can be surprisingly refreshing. Mm. Uh, it's just what depends what kind of flavours you're into. But is this? There's no. It would. It would. This this beer just won't let you drink it that quickly. <laughs> challenge so, accepted. Yeah, it's just it's fully in charge. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a challenge if I've ever heard one, Mark. <laughs> Um, now, while we're, while we're enjoying our, our beer and nursing it a little, um, Chris, what have you been up to writing-wise lately? Because obviously we, we've mentioned your blog already, but I think you're working on a book. Uh, yeah, so um, the, the last time I was on the show, uh, around then last year, uh, myself, uh, Matt Curtis, Craig Heap and Rory O'Toole, uh, with the help of Lee Lindley, we'd released... Uh, the second of our collaborations with Future Publishing, which was um, the 100 best breweries in the world. And uh, we've now, we've since been working on a kind of follow-up to that, uh, but this time we're doing it independently. Uh, and we've basically got total control over what we wanted to create. And instead of it being a kind of commissioned piece of writing work for Future, this is for us very much a, a labor of love, trying to create a kind of a similar size and shaped publication that for us really encapsulated everything that's amazing about beer uh, in the UK at the moment and so that's broadly what we've been working on uh, we've almost finished the writing of it uh, and in a kind of nod to the previous iterations which are under the masthead of craft beer uh, this one is going to be called beer and craft 
and it's the best uh, breweries and bars in Britain, um, which should hopefully be in the hands of people summer this year. Uh, as I say, we've just finished the writing of it, but now the real hard work begins in like getting it designed and published and so on. Um, but you can expect it to look broadly similar to the kind of what the publishers call a bookazine kind of format. So book quality content and number of pages, uh, about 200, but in a sort of magazine kind of shape. Is that coming uh, out through the future again? No, so this time we, we, we've done it entirely on our own. Okay. Um, and we've been beavering away on it since uh, late last year. Uh, it's based around um, sort of a sort of done like a number of like major city hubs uh, where there's like a really big beer scene, and then we've also done like a number of smaller kind of sections that kind of nods to places where the beer scene is really starting to get interesting. Places like Liverpool and Belfast and um, Aberdeen, Glasgow, and Brighton, and places like that alongside like the major bigger places like London and Manchester and Leeds and that sort of thing. That, that must have been um, a, a real tough gig, mate, to have had to have travelled up and down and across the country, <laughs> going yeah. to some of the best cities in the world and the best breweries in the world and drinking beer. Um, yeah, that... yeah it's, it's, it, doesn't get, it doesn't get any easier, uh, especially <laughs> when you've got a full-time job as, as well. Sometimes the, the, the writing hangovers, as I like to call them, <laughs> can, be, can be quite severe. But yeah, we've, uh, we've had a lot of fun doing it. I think that comes across in what we've written it's definitely the best thing that we've done out of all the ones that we did with future uh this one we've done on our own it's the same writing team and we had an absolute blast doing it um and we just want to kind of just do justice to how amazing uh beer is in this country at the moment and show just how many great people are involved in it we've tried to focus on like the people who make it and the people who sell it to you wherever we can so there's good interviews with people who work in the bars and the breweries, not just the people in charge of them, but people who work there and people who work in the shops that you like and, you know, all the places that you find great beer. We wanted to try and find the people that are involved in that scene and show people how accessible it is. It's not something kind of weird, scary, exclusive club that you have to know everything to join. It's something where people are waiting for you with open arms and a, and a fresh pint, you know, just trying to show you new stuff. Excellent. Well, listen, listen, mate, when you write write your fourth publication which will no doubt be the uh, the world's greatest beer podcast we're, we're, we're obviously available to, <laughs> to for an interview for that one yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> 200 pages easy surely yeah 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 definitely <laughs> justin how about you mate um well from a few years ago from writing about the london scene um being slightly outside london um there's plenty of people now writing about that scene so i've sort of turned my attention to my home county um partly within the uh, view of expanding the beer east anglia um projects i'm working we've been working on with ed and nate so that's going a bit further but um i'm trying to get to the root of the beer in essex what what is my home county um producing at the moment it's very easy to be swayed by the bright lights of the big city um but i found through a little bit of digging and some great contacts um some various interesting things out about essex beer and i've stumbled across some great great beers um i've been very fortunate uh, i've been invited by a few brewers and people that run excellent pubs 
um, to come and visit them. I've got another couple of visits in the next few weeks um, to go and talk to people. I to get both sides of the story, talking to brewers and publicans and the general public. Um, I've been invo- asked to write for a couple of the local camera publications, which is always good. Uh, one of which is about um, the Essex Bottle Share. So that's quite going to be quite interesting. So my year this year is looking at what's happening right on my doorstep. So I'm quite excited about it. I thought it might be a little bit mundane and it turns out I'm having an absolute blast. So that's what I'm working on this year. That's that's great that you, you're looking closer to home because I know there's a that there's a few bloggers that are doing that at the moment, aren't there? I've I've seen a few pop up now that are doing kind of a focus on their own counties rather than just focusing on maybe some of the big, bigger well-known breweries. That's right. I mean, I was talking to just online with um, Rach from Look at Brew, where she's doing something very similar with Sussex. And we're mooting um, at the moment a Sussex Essex beer off in <laughs> a neutral a pub venue, possibly London, um, possibly towards the end of the year. But that's very much in the early planning stages. However, it looks as though it could be a goer. So when I have details, I'll let you have details on the beer o'clock show. And the gloves I'll are let, off let for you, that one. Let you, let you break the exclusive of that one. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Well, again, Justin, you, you know, when you start looking at the best podcasts in Essex, um, <laughs> you, you know, you're welcome to talk to us about that. Oh, well, where else would I go, for goodness sake? <laughs> no other bugger has me on, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right, and you can. I'll let you know. And your blog is at masonjust.blogspot.com. Yes. We'll we'll link to both of um, Chris's and Justin's blogs in the show notes. So if if you do want to, if you don't already know where they are, and if if you're listening to us, surely you should know these guys, and you should be reading their stuff. But if if you don't already know that where they are, go into tonight's show notes and just click through on onto the guys' websites and and give give the great work that they're doing a read. Right, how are people getting on with this beer? I've just taken my last sip um, because it did go very, very quickly um, because I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I found it really, really easy, really, really smooth to drink. The bitterness at the end is so well balanced. The flavours work really well together. Um, It's almost like uh, the top end of the sessionable spectrum uh, at the 6.7% version that I've got here, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredibly easy for a stout and lovely flavours. That smokiness that I love in, in a stout coming through, a little bit of sweetness. Gorgeous. How about you, Justin? What are your final thoughts, mate? I think it's lovely. Um, I have had um, the newer version. I've not, obviously not had one this age before. Um, and I like the way it's, it's not developed beyond recognition of the original beer it's it stayed quite true to its original and i think that's um testament to the brewing and testament probably to the original recipe um i know with these stouts um they were matured for an, a long time in um, big barrels so um you needed to maintain that flavor and i think that's why this this beer has kept kept all its character uh, for that time so yeah it's fantastic chris Oh yeah, it's it's fantastically accomplished. You you really know you're drinking a kernel beer when you drink this. Uh I think it's it's brilliant. It's definitely one of the best 
stouts of this kind in the UK. Uh, not many other people are doing it. I think more people should. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of really like different sensational flavors you can explore and brew with this kind of beer. Um, I'm still enjoying mine. I've still got a little bit to go, to be honest. I'm just happily sipping away. <laughs> a little while. This is this is mine. Is mine at seven point one? Definitely feels a lot more robust. But I think I'm going to do what Justin did. I'm going to buy another one and then leave it for a few years and see what happens to it. I think that's a really good shout, actually, Chris. Um, you know, it's it's a beer that I think will just get better with with time. Um, and and I think right there as well is is probably a reason why we had both of you on tonight's show because I think Mark and I felt as though we just wouldn't be able to do the beer justice on our own so so, so why not get two of the UK's best bloggers on to talk, talk to us about it well, I thoroughly enjoyed it cool so that's the Colonel Exports Stout London 1890 6.7% or 7.1% depending on <laughs> who you are um, as we get towards the end of the show we have a little Another little surprise. Now, last week we had a 4.1... 41%, not a 4.1%, 41% sink the pink... Fucking hell. You're struggling this week, mate. You are really struggling. You sure you haven't been drinking before we start recording? I'm completely sure. Sink... We we had that fucking Brewdog beer last week. (laughs) This week our surprise is a little bit easier, although it does have a bit of a kick in it. Uh, Steve, do you want to introduce this one? Because I can't talk. No, I'm, I'm not going to introduce this one. Just, it's Justin's fault that we're doing this um, on tonight's show. Um, so I'm, I'm going to let Justin introduce it. It's my fault that we do it. What, because I got talking to the girls at the um, harvest doing thing? Yes, because you got talking to them. You made, you made us sample it. And, and we had a sudden revelation that we actually thought that this was quite possibly um, the world's best hangover cure waiting to happen. Um, so- let me just put it into a little bit of context when we had this. Um, we had been all afternoon at Craft Beer Rising, yes. drinking free beer um, and considerably very, very good beer and chatting to some brewers. And we had got to the Harvest Tune place. I can't remember the name of the brewery. It was St. Bart's Brewery? St. Bart's, Bart's Brewery, which is a pub, not a brewery, but we'll assume that it was built on a site <laughs> where there used to be a brewery um, we were going in for one of the for the launch of the Wee Beastie range um, there was an initial launch for press and while we were rating outside we had some run of um, the Harvestoon beers now we went through the Odadu, um which was fantastic and I was talking to some chap who was ended up being, um, being a publican um, who carrying Harvest Doom beers and um, just going through the bottles because he was looking quite quizzically at them um, and as I was standing there looking and talking to him um, this girl produced this thing, this small bottle and I said, oh, looking across a different bottle, what's that? <laughs> and this is where it all started <laughs> so I think I'd, I had some, called you over said look at this and um, we went from there, didn't we? Really, and it all we did. Goes from there, yeah. We, we we did, and that's that's progressed to tonight's show, um, where um, we are. Unfortunately, Justin, ironically, you don't have a bottle. I of, don't. However, of, of this what tonight. I can remember is that it was a very good break between craft beer rising and um, the beer that was to come, which was 
some very very good beer from Harveystone it has to be said and um, it sharpened up my taste buds again whereas they were falling being a little tired um, so if nothing else it's not a hangover cure it's certainly a mid-session beer if you've <laughs> if you've hit the heavies and you want a break yeah I would say it sharpens up your taste buds so but I'll let you boys get on with it and I should <laughs> sit back and listen absolutely so um what we're about to do is um nicks and kicks um fruity cayenne ton- tonic and i still don't know if i'm saying that right cayenne cayenne fru- fruity cayenne tonic cayenne tonic <laughs> choose whichever one you want um yippee cayenne yippee cayenne yeah uh with blood orange and ginger um which uh the girls have given us if you hang around until the end of the show we, we've actually got an interview with kirsten and julia from nixon kicks that they, they tell us all about um how the concept came about where it's available those sorts of things and i think this is a bit of a first for the beer o'clock show because this is the first non-alcoholic beverage that we've ever kind of reviewed or, or drunk on the show which yeah. is um interesting so um i've got some poured uh, Mark, have have you got some to to hand? And Chris, have you got some ready to go? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Okay, so let's um let let's get into this and just uh just just give it a little bit of review. Let's get let's get Kyen happy. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Mm, okay. That is quite an interesting little finish to it. I quite like that. <laughs> it's it's quite warm, isn't it? The finish. Yeah, it's a little bit like. The the spiciness in the finish is a little bit like that what you might get from a Bloody Mary, but the <laughs> the beverage itself is like a light, kind of almost grape like, sort of iced fruit tea kind of uh, flavour to it. Uh, it's quite I, would have, I would have put twenty quid down on you saying Bloody <laughs> Mary at that point. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought of it. Yeah, yeah. it's that Bloody Mary Tabasco hit. Yeah, but it's so it's so light and yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's yeah, it's like there is some kind of grape juice in here, isn't there? Isn't there? Blood orange, blood orange. I've got great. It says grape juice concentrate on the ingredients. Maybe that's where I'm getting it from. But yeah, the blood orange definitely. It's a it's a sweetened, a very rich sweetened kind of orangey kind of flavour. I'll be honest with you, I am drinking some of it as it is, but I had this idea that I thought it might be go quite nice with some rum that I have. So well, the... I have also poured some over some rum. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> they they do also suggest that it makes a good mixer. So they apparently, um, Kirsten and Julia, like drinking it with gin, vodka. They kept vodka. trying to offer us yeah. <laughs> mixed with gin. It was like no. <laughs> that sounds interesting. The the rum I, the rum I'm drinking it with is um, Angostura, um, 1919, which is a a really uh, a really beautiful uh, golden Caribbean rum from uh, Trinidad and Tobago um, and it seems to have kind of intensified a lot of the flavours in it it's kind of picked out spiciness in the rum has picked out the spiciness in the in the nicks and kicks and kind of like combined together so it's actually quite a refreshing um, and spicy combination that's quite easy to drink I feel like it maybe would be good with some mint in it or some kind of herb Some I'm not sure, maybe basil or mint, I'm not sure but it feels like there's another dimension there to be explored but it is very, very refreshing Yeah, they also do a lemon and lime version and which I haven't tried yet and cucumber and ginger, was it Steve? Cu- cucumber and lime Cucumber and lime Yeah Okay, which 
I don't mind. My wife didn't like it much, that much. I don't think I Steve. Didn't, liked I didn't it. like it that much. It was too much cucumber. Yeah, it is a bit cucumber, but it is very refreshing at the same time. But I, I really like the blood orange and ginger. I, I do, and I think, I think remarkably, it, it, it's actually worked quite well after the stout as, as well, because that, that hint and that little kick that there is at the end of it kind of continues that little bit of warmth that you were getting through from the stout as well so um yeah i i, I think it's um it's an interesting drink it's certainly a refreshing drink and um i i'd suggest hanging around to the end of the show and listening to the interview with the the, the, the girls to hear all about the drink and and also where you can get it from as well indeedy now stevie mark do we have an Instagram of the week, mate? Yes, mate. Of course we do. Um, this week, um, uh, one of our regular contributors takes it this week. Fantastic film, ENG, um, for his picture of the IPA's Dead series, which kind of continues a theme a little bit for tonight. <laughs> but he took a great picture of all four bottles, what must have been on his patio or something in the sun, and they just look glorious. So uh, there's a great big box full of nothing heading its way to ENG um, for being this week's prize, this prize winner. Um, and if you want to enter your own picture into our prize, this prize competition, just stick it up on Instagram, use the hashtag cheers guys, and we could be shouting your name out next week yeah and what's coming up next week next week mate it's the it's the end of the season <laughs> it's it's just flown by it's absolutely flown by um so, so next week is all about the irish we've got um wayne and janice are coming back ian's coming back sarah's coming back it's going to be um all the irish on the show with us and we're we're reviewing Kelly's Mountain, Revolution Red, and Trouble Dark Arts Porter. It's going to be a long show. It's going to be a very long show, so, so get <laughs> get ready for that one. Um, I've also got a special mention this this week, mate, and and I've, I've just got to say this first time we've done this. Um, David Johnson at Hang the Double Underscore DJ. Oh yeah. Um, he's just finished listening to our entire back catalogue. Um, well done to that man to to have gone through all previous I'm, shows i'm so sorry yeah so sorry so you had to sit through that early stuff um but we hope you enjoy the new revisited series which which launched this week uh first episode of that's now on our feed um you can go back and you can listen to us re-reviewing thornbridge's wild raven um, and actually doing it with palettes that can pick out some flavors other than just well this is hoppy this tastes like hops and it smells like hops and it's got a hoppy finish. So, um, yeah, check out the revisited series now on the Beer O'Clock Show feed. Indeed. Now, Chris, people can find you at Chris Hall Beer. Where can they find you on the web, mate? Uh, it's chrishallbeer.com now. Oh, that was easy. Yeah, nice and easy. <laughs> and look out for Chris's book coming at some point this year. Hopefully in the summer, Hopefully yeah. The summer. If you follow me and Matt Curtis on Twitter, you won't you'll, you won't be able to stop us yammering on about it once it's going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, and I'm that, sure we'll talk about it as well, Chris. And as I said Absolutely. last week, occasionally they will tweet about their quote-unquote research that they're doing. Well, yeah. te technically they're finished. Justin, people can find you at Mason Just Dog Blog. Shall I do it again? Masonjust.blogspot.com. Um, 1970s boy everywhere else or just search for Justin Mason you'll find me hashtag random bloke off Twitter 
indeed. <laughs> <laughs> or hashtag beer in Essex at the moment if you want to find what I'm yeah. up to. Um, we are on the web at beeroclockshow.co.uk, on Twitter at beeroclockshow, on Instagram at beeroclockshow, on Untapped at beeroclockshowsteve, I'm on Untapped at beershowmark, and on Twitter at beershowmark. The Beer O'Clock Show is proud to be supported by Ales by Mail, your premier destination for bottled real ales delivered directly to your door. Visit alesbymail.co.uk and use the code BOCS10 for a 10% discount. Right, stick around after the tinkly tinkly music for the interview with Nixing Kicks about their range of tonics. And until next week, Stevie. It's been the highlight of my week, mate. And mine, Chris, Justin, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Cheers fellas. Thanks, guys. Until next week. It's beer o'clock only, we're not talking beer today, instead we're getting KN happy with the founders of Nicks and Kicks Tonics, <laughs> Kirsten and Julia. Welcome to the show ladies. Hello, Hello. hi. <laughs> um, let's, let's start off with a simple question. Tell us about Nixon Kicks. Nixon Kicks uh, was founded uh, about half a year ago, and we only launched the products a couple of weeks ago. Actually, we've been researching for quite a while because we wanted to get that healthy kick into a drink, and we found KN to be the absolute best ingredient for that because it it has lots of health benefits. So that also gives you a great taste experience, but at the same time, it makes you happy. Okay. Yes. Um, where where did that that concept come from of putting putting the cayenne into a drink? That was just a lot of research done, figuring out what kind of works because we wanted to also provide a drink that can go into bars and uh, restaurants. And, and so, for example, if someone doesn't want to drink alcohol, they can have that drink, and it has kind of a similar punch to alcohol. You know, it's not something mm-hmm. like just an orange juice. So that was one thinking behind it. And then when we found out that cayenne can actually make you happy, it make, make, makes your body release endorphins because you're drinking something spicy. And uh, we thought, wow, this is an excellent uh, drink that you can have not only in the evening, but also then in the morning as a pick-me-up or in the afternoon. Okay. And that, that's obviously one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I'm guessing right now some of our listeners are probably wondering why we've reviewed the, the, the drink on the show tonight and why we're doing an interview with you guys. When, when we first tried this, um, we kind of immediately thought it was the perfect hangover cure because it gives you that lovely refreshing flavour from the juice that's in it but then you do get that kick that all of a sudden wakes you up and thinks oh hang on a minute there's something going on in, in, in my mouth there um, tell us about the the current range that you've got because you've got a few flavours out, out at the moment yeah so we, um, we have three flavours we have a blood orange and ginger which particularly um, like Young females like, but also guys like it. You can, it's great on its own, or you can mix it with dark rum or tequila. Like, it's a lovely base for a margarita. The cucumber and lime is probably the favorite of guys because you have that hot and cold experience of the drink. And that one also goes extremely well with um, gin, for example. And then you have a lemon and lime, which the lemon and lime is just a great summery flavor. We knew we were gonna launch just before summer. And that one also goes extremely well as a mix of vodka, for example, or again, great on its own. And, and just there, you're talking about obviously using the, the, the drinks as, as mixers. Um, 
Was that the intention when, when you set out, or, or, or did no. you start off wanting to produce a, a health drink and then actually had a sudden realisation that, oh, hang on a minute, put, put al- alcohol in these and it turns it into something <laughs> completely different? <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of like, um, it was never intended, and our leading proposition is it's a non-alcoholic drink, which you can enjoy all day long, but um, when we pitch it to bars, obviously the first question we're going to ask, oh, so what, what type of cocktail can I make out of it? Mm-hmm. So obviously you can make amazing cocktails, non-alcoholic, but also it's great as a mixer. So we, we don't want to push either way. Um, so if you want to enjoy with alcohol, without your happy to do so. And when, when you were developing the drinks at the start, what, what influenced your thinking around the different flavours that you want, wanted in each of the different versions of the drink? We wanted to create an amazing taste experience with, 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 well, for example, lemon and lime is a flavor, you know, everyone knows lemonade, people drink Fanta or lemonades are probably the most bought drinks in the UK, so we knew people like this kind of flavor, so we just made it uh, with a twist, basically, in that, in that case. Blood orange and ginger. Ginger is something that is really nice and, as you said, a good hangover cure as well. Mm-hmm. So that was the obvious one. And we went out and tested it on people and people really loved it. So we're like, wow, this is obviously something that makes sense to keep. And then cucumber and lime, as Julia said already, um, it was it's just this amazing experience we've got there from the cool, from the cucumber and the and then the kick, the heat from the from the chili just goes very well together. And was it the, uh, the, the ginger one that we tried? Uh, uh, initially that, that, that made ginger, us yeah. that's it yeah realize. that was the initial one yeah because ginger on its own can have quite a, a, a spicy feel to it um, mm-hmm. and then you add the cayenne to that and all of a sudden you've got all these flavours going on in, in, in your mouth is, mm-hmm. um, is, is, is that what you were looking for from, from the, the addition of the cayenne to the drinks definitely so we initially started um, with lots of different heat levels we tried out different chilies and ginger but we realized that the combination of cayenne with ginger works really well. Like ginger on its own, you feel the heat immediately at the front and at the back. But with the sensation of a cayenne, it kind of delays it a little bit. And you, you drink it and you're like, oh, it's not spicy at all. But then you have that sudden hit of the, of the flavor mm-hmm. from the cayenne. And it really, they, they push each other and they complement each other very well. Mm. And they're all ingredients that are produced in the UK as, as well? Uh, the ingredients were blood orange, for example, comes yep. from Italy, yeah. from Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all freshly juiced and um, yeah, we make sure that the you know, quality is high of the ingredients, although obviously we can't guarantee that you know, mm. everything is from the UK because that would limit us quite a lot. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think it is about the, 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 the range of drinks that, that is going to stand out and is going to attract people to them? It's the kick, it's the Cayenne, that's our USP, so we're the first Cayenne-based drinks brand in the, in the UK, and uh, it's just something different, and it gives you, it's actually, the, the drinks are really refreshing, so it's a great summer drink, people mm-hmm. always think, well, well, Cayenne, maybe it's a bit, you know, it's, when it's a hot out, you wouldn't want to drink it, but no, just um, the opposite, it's actually super refreshing. And I think, I think that's something that some of our listeners will be able to relate to, actually, because chilli is, is a flavour that's used in beer quite regularly. Mm-hmm. And, and there are some really good chilli beers out there that I know I've sampled in, in, in the past, and I'm, I imagine a number of our listeners have. Um, so if, if we've got people that are interested in trying the, the, the products, where, where can they find them at the moment? So at the moment, we are, we're focusing on East London primarily, um, 
and but from there we, we have big plans to launch across london as well as the whole of uk but if anybody is interested in ordering a couple of cases they can drop us an email and we are, we are happy to facilitate that okay um so obviously how do how do people get in touch with you um you've got a website you're on twitter um share those details with our listeners now yeah so it's really easy um our twitter handle is nicks and kicks so that's n-i-x and k-i-x which we use across twitter google plus facebook instagram and you can contact us for that or our email is info at nixonkicks.com okay and what we'll do is we'll make sure that in tonight's show notes we'll put a link to the website so people can click straight through i know you've got a you've got a sign up service on your website haven't you yep, so people can sign up to the latest yep, news yep. okay brilliant well thanks for giving up your time um hopefully we can introduce this range of, uh, of great drinks to our listeners um and encourage them to get Kay and happy as well thank Perfect. you thank you <laughs>